بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد الحمد لله tonight is the 15th of may in the year 2023 الحمد لله we're beginning the fourth week the 22nd night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I spent the session last night mentioning four of the blessed individuals who all participated in killing the Fir'aun of this Ummah. And I mentioned that one were the blessed angels alayhi salatu wasalam. The second and third were the two noble sons of Afra, Mu'ad and Mu'awwad radiyallahu anhu. And the fourth was Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh And as promised today, inshallah, we're going to mention the fifth. And that is, of course, the great Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. So in a hadith in Sayyih Bukhari and Sayyih Muslim, Ibn Katid Sira, volume 2, page 295 of the English translation, Anas radiyallahu he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, Who will go and see what has happened to Abu Jahl? Hearing this, Ibn Mas'ud who went, and the sons of Afra had already struck him. He had already gone cold. When Ibn Mas'ud reached him, he said, Are you Abu Jahl? And he grabbed his beard. He responded out of pride, the one you have killed, is there anyone greater than him in his nation? And in another report he said, Ah, would that one besides a cultivator were to kill me? So that's okay. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So Rasulullah wanted confirmation, and Ibn Masood went to look. And he mentions again that the sons of Afra had struck him, which we mentioned yesterday. But he's not dead. And Ibn Mas'ud, he grabbed his beard. He goes, are you, are you Abu Jahl? Now, why did he say that? Obviously, he knew he was Abu Jahl. Maybe he was, you know, he had his armor, whatever the case. And even when he was breathing his last, he still had pride. He goes, can there be anybody greater than the one who was killed by his own nation? Or, alas, if only somebody besides a cultivator were to kill me, meaning you're a shepherd, at least somebody you know of stature could have come and finished me off. <laughs> Clarifying further, Sheikh Abdul Jalil Sahib in his Niqadul Durari, volume 5, page 68 of the English translation, i.e., which is a commentary of Tajridul Bukhari by Hafiz Zubaydi al Yamani, died 1488 Christian era, he stated, Abu Jahl had such pride that even when he was dying, he was mentioning his pride. In fact, the narration state that he was saying, regrettably, a farmer has killed me, meaning the people of Al-Madina were the ones who killed me. The sons of Afrah, were from Al-Madina, and they were farmers. Thus, the objective of this sentence was to point to their defect and to show his greatness. So think about that. Does it matter who's killed you? <laughs> and 
this, you know, took it to his grave. He said, only pharmacists. In other words, why couldn't it have been some seasoned warrior who would give me the fatal strike? And he goes, this is what the sheikh was mentioning, what he was referring to. In another report, this foul man's final words were, you should not be proud that you have killed me. Nor am I ashamed of being killed by my own people. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3961. So look how strange. He's telling the one who's going to finish him off, you shouldn't be proud. He goes, my own people killed me. So what's strange about this? He's confused. On one hand, he's saying, alas, if only the it was other than the farmers. Now he's saying, my own people's killed me. So which one is it? So not again, you can see he was, you know, messed up even to the very end. In a more detailed report, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud himself, he related, So this is recorded in Abu Dawood, number 2703, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4246. I came to Abu Jahl when he had been wounded and his foot had been cut off. So like I mentioned yesterday, this was done by Mu'ad ibn Amr ibn Jamuh. So Ibn Masood saw because I saw his foot had been severed. In another report, there's the addition. This is in Ahmed in his Musnad number 4246. He was lying on the ground, fending people off with the sword that he had. Upon seeing him in that condition, I said, Alhamdulillah, akhzaqa ya aduwallah. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has humiliated you. O enemy of Allah. He responded in defiance to the very end. Is it anything other than a man who has been killed by his own people? <laughs> so stopping the report. So even though he's all is virtually finished, he's still trying to fight. Imagine lying on the floor, blood soaked, wounded, fatally wounded, one of his feet has been cut. He's waving his sword. And Ibn Masood saw him in that pathetic state. And what did he say? Alhamdulillah illadi akhzaqa ya aduwallah. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's humiliated you, O enemy of Allah. And he said, Hal huwa illa rajulan qatala Is it anything other than a man who has been killed by his own people? Go back to the main report in Abu Dawood. I thereupon started striking him with my sword. But it did not do anything to him. I, for he was still defending himself with his own sword. Thus I persisted until eventually I took his sword and then struck him with it until he lay lifeless. In another report, there's a clarification. I started striking him with my sword, but I was unable to strike him. Then I struck his hand and his sword fell. I then picked it up and struck him with his own sword until I killed him. SubhanAllah. So Ibn Masood, obviously, he's, Allah has given him the honor to finish him. So as he's striking him with his sword, he's still defending him. Imagine. So Ibn Masood striking, eventually he realizes, I'm going to, you know, take his sword. He strikes his hand. And then look at this for the ultimate humiliation. He uses his own sword to kill him. <laughs> Imagine, so imagine what he did with that sword before he set off for Badr, brandishing it, thinking, yes, I'm going to kill the worst of people. You're right, kill yourself. Mm -hmm. In another report, 
Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu said, I placed my foot on his neck. One day in Makkah, he had previously caught hold of me and harmed me and poked me severely. I said to him, Has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not disgraced you, O enemy of Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stop in the report. So Ibn Masood radiallahu said, I placed my foot on his neck. Now what's interesting, he mentioned something. He goes, one day in Makkah, he had caught hold of me. He had harmed me and he had poked me severely. So can you remember what this was in reference to? Going back a few weeks. Was that recitation from the Kaaba? Yes. Remember when he said they haven't heard the Quran recital? And Ibn Mustafa goes, don't go. He goes, they're gonna, he goes you got, you're just an ally. He goes, no. And who caused the most beating? Abu Jahl. So Ibn Masood, he's saying, he goes, he had caught hold of me. He'd harmed me, poured me severely. He goes, now my foot is on his neck. So Ibn Masood recollecting. He goes, Allah has reversed it. I said to him, has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not disgraced you, O enemy of Allah? He replied, how has he disgraced me? Which shame could be on a man whose people have killed him? Now inform me who has been victorious today. I replied, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He thereupon said to me, undoubtedly, you have climbed up very high on a tough cliff, O contemptible little shepherd. This is in Behaki in his Dalai al-Nubu'a 3-86, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Sira, page 355 of the New English Translation, Tabari in his Tariq 2-36-7, Al-Bidaya 3-351-2, Ibn Adi in his Al-Qamil 2-24, Uyun al-Athal 1-340, Al-Rawd al-Unaf 3-80, Sira al-Halabiya 2-419. So this adds details. So he's got his foot on his neck and Ibn Matsud remembering just a few years earlier what had happened to him. Allah was basically giving him his, you know, his vengeance. And what did that shaitan say? He, Look how strange he was. Who's been victorious? Well, who do you think has been victorious? Right? But he still, you know, thought maybe I'm not, you know, I'm on the floor. Maybe I'm not seeing right. Because Allah and his message has been victorious. Then look what he said. You have climbed very high on a tough cliff, O contemptible little shepherd. So why? Because he's on top of him. And he's still showing that pride. In another report, there's the addition. Abu Jahl asked, what do you intend to do now? Mm. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud replied, Radiyallah, I intend to sever your head and present it to Rasulullah. So Abu Jahl thereupon responded in defiance. Very good. Here, this is my sword. It is incredibly sharp. It would assist you in fulfilling your objective rather swiftly. But listen, be sure to sever my head closer to my shoulders, as this would instill more awe within my onlookers. Furthermore, when you return to Muhammad, give him this message. I have more anger and revulsion for him today than I did yesterday. <laughs> so, if it's, it's that, you know, strange, it's, it's humorous. What is he saying? It's like he's won. So he goes to Ibn Masood, what's your intention? Because I'm going to take your head off, give it to the Prophet. So his response should have been, well, just kill me. Why are you, trying to, why are you getting this enjoyment out of my death? Look what he told him. 
He goes, my sword is very sharp. He goes, you could do it easily with my sword. And he goes, but listen, I'll tell you where to go. He goes, go from the shoulder. He goes, this will give more of a, you know, awe when people see how I've been killed. And then he goes, one last thing. When you go back to Muhammad, tell him I hate him even more. Allah So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud then severed his foul head from the body. And he took it back to Rasulullah and conveyed him to the message. Rasulullah said, Allahu Akbar. This man was the Fir'aun to me and my Ummah. His evil by far overshadowed the evil of the Fir'aun of Musa. At least the Fir'aun of Musa attempted to recite the Shahada at the time of death. But the Fir'aun of my Ummah snapped out words of arrogance and unbelief even at the instant of his death. He then handed the sword of Abu Jahl over to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. This is recorded by Hafiz Sarakhshi in his Sharhu Siyar al-Qabir, volume 2, page 7. Shaykh al-Ahadif Mawlana Ibn Sahib Kandahlu bi rahmatullahi in the Seerat al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, volume 2, page 115-6 of the English translation. Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Rahman Mazhari rahmatullahi in his Siraj al-Hidayah, Lanterns of Guidance, volume 2, page 463-4 of the English translation. So a few very interesting things. He's killed with his own sword and he wanted to be killed with his own sword. So Ibn Masood obliged him. He took the kufr with him to the grave. And the Prophet didn't get upset with Ibn Masood. Because why? When heads grow, why are you bringing me heads? Why? Because this was the Fir'aun. So the Prophet was happy. He goes, the Fir'aun to me and my Ummah. Then he goes, but he was far more evil than Fir'aun. Now think about that. If somebody reads the Quran and he asks you, who is the worst person mentioned in this book apart from Shaitan? I'm sure all of us would say Firon because he's mentioned every other page. There's someone worse than him mentioned in the Quran. Shaitan? No, not Shaitan. He was Abu Jahl. He was, how is he worse than Firon? The Prophet said it. And then the Prophet gave you the reasons that Allah alayhi sallam. He goes, at least... The Pharaoh of Musa والسلام, tried to utter the Shahada because this wretch was still uttering Kufr. And then he gave the sword to Abu Jahl. Now, why did I mention that? Yesterday I mentioned who received the spells with Sahab. Muad. Very good. Muad, which Muad? Ibn Amr ibn Jamuh. But what did I mention? He didn't get the sword. Now we know why. Because who deserved the sword, Ibn Masood, because he was the one who used the sword to kill Abu Jahl. Confirming further, Abdullah Ibn Masood said, I cut off his head and brought it to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, this is the head of Abu Jahl, the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He responded, is it really by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than whom there is no deity? Is it really he? I said, yes. And I put his head in front of Rasulullah. This is in Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham in his Sira, page 355 of the New English Translation. Tabri in his Tariq, 2-36-7. Al-Bidayah, 3-351-352. Ibn Adi in his Al-Qabil, 2-24. Uyun Al-Athar, 1-340. So the Prophet was so happy. He had to take an oath. Because is it really him? He goes, yes, it's definitely him or Messenger of Allah. 
confirming further. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, and he granted me his sword as booty. This is in Abu Dawood, number 2716, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4246, Ibn Katir Sila, volume 2, page 295 of the English translation. So now, can we take heads off and bring it back to our commanders? And the scholars say this was something unique to the Prophet. Because what happened was in Abu Bakr's Khalifa, one of the heads of the enemies of Islam was brought to Abu Bakr. And they actually brought it all the way back to the capital. And Abu Bakr goes, do not bring me the heads of the enemies of Allah. <laughs> he, goes, we don't, he goes, we don't do this. He goes, just bury them quickly. So why did Abu Bakr not say, well, you're doing exactly what the Prophet did or was happy with it. And the response was, this was unique to the Prophet. And this was the Firon of the Ummah. We know he's definitely a shaitan. <laughs> but, you know, you can't use that as a precedent as they say. And also the other thing which is interesting, why could the Fir'aun of Musa, why couldn't he utter the Shahada? That's interesting. So if you read Surah Yunus, Allah tells you what he said. He goes, now I believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. So the scholars, some of the scholars of the Tafsir, they stayed, he started coming out with a long-winded statement. Why didn't he just say, La ilaha illallah. Because Allah did not want him. You understand? So imagine he's coming out with his bayan. Because now I believe in the Lord of Moses. We don't want a bayan from you. So the scholars say Allah refused for him to say. So people get confused at the moment of death. So Allah is teaching you that even if you think you can say it at the time of death, that will only be allowed with his permission. And Firon, obviously, the hadith in Tirmidhi, authentic. Jibreel told the Prophet if only you could have seen when I took the mud from the bottom of the seabed and I shoved it into his mouth for fear that the mercy of Allah might reach him. So even though he said that statement, Jibreel stopped him. Allah gave him permission. But a report actually mentions in another report, it says that he goes, even before, if he had said the shahada, I would have forgiven him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. But the scholars say Allah would have forgiven him for if he had said the shahada upon his death. But he didn't say it. In another report, and in details, so this is recorded in Ahmed in his Musnad, number 3824 and 3825. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, I thereupon returned to Rasulullah, and it was as if I could not wait to reach him. Upon arrival, I said, Abu Jahl has been killed. He said, Anta did you see him? I said, yes. He then asked, Allah, Allah. I responded, yes. Let's stop in the report. So look at these beautiful details from all the various reports. He couldn't wait to get back to the Prophet. You know, like you saw, you're walking on earth. And he told the Prophet, what was his first response? Did you see? He said, yes. Then look what the Prophet said. Allah, Allah. The one over the other. I responded, yes. Meaning, yes, definitely, Ya Rasulullah. In another report, there's the addition. He said, All praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has granted victory to his servant, who has given honor to his religion. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 3856, 4008, Ibn Asini, number 567, 
Imam Nawawi in his Al-Adhqar, number 115, Al-Futuhat 4-125. So when the confirmation came, the Prophet said, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He goes, he's given victory to his servant, his honor, he's given honor to his deed. Then the Prophet said, Fadhab hatta anzura ilayk. Let us just now go so I may look at him, i.e. his despicable body. In another report it mentions, then he set out walking with me until he stood over him and said, Alhamdulillah illadhi akhzaqa ya aduwallah. All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has humiliated you, O enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was indeed the Fir'aun of this nation. This is an Ahmed in his Musnad, number 4246, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 2, page 295 of the English translation. So here in the other report, the Prophet saw his headless body and he goes, Alhamdulillah, he's been humiliated because this was the Fir'aun of this Ummah. Then the report continues in Ahmad. He وسلم, went to him and the sun had changed him somewhat. Thus he ordered that he and his comrades be dragged and thrown into the dry well. He وسلم, then followed the people of the well with a curse and said, This was the Fir'aun of this nation. So here in this report in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, what does it say? The heat changed his body because obviously it's the Arabian Peninsula, 50 degrees, probably midday. And the Prophet goes, throw, goes, bury them in the well, put the bodies in the well. And he repeats, he goes, This was the Fir'aun of this nation, meaning he's dead. Because all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, just to add a few details, these reports in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, which I've mentioned, are on the authority of the son of. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abu Ubaidah. So he had a son, he called him Abu Ubaidah in memory of Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. So even though it's his son narrating from his father, the scholars of the Hadith state, he never grew old enough to hear from his father. So the scholars of the Hadith state, there's a weakness. <laughs> so look how strange, look how strict the scholars of Hadith are. You've got the son narrating from the father, he goes, Daif. Then you go, that's his son? He goes, yes. He goes, so how is he weak? Because he was too young. So the scholar said he must have heard it from the elders. He didn't hear it direct. So Abu Ubaidah, rahmatullahi, relates from Ibn Masood. So they said there's a problem here. Whatever the case, it's only a small problem. I wanted to highlight that. I didn't want to go through the science of Hadith. But the scholars even point out here, these are the reports which indicate there's a slight weakness. But... Definitely, if you look at all of the other reports, it, is, it shows the veracity of what happened. Now, what does it mention here to finish? They were dragged and thrown into the dry well. So, there wasn't any kind of honor. The report says they were dragged. So, why weren't they covered, taken with respect? Because these are the most foulest people. So, imagine Abu Jal, headless body being dragged to the well. Well done. You know, mission accomplished. One of the bodies that was dragged was Utba ibn Rabi'ah. So, can you remember who this individual was? Utba ibn Rabi'ah. Is it Hind? So, Hind his father. When was he killed that brother? Opening Jews. So, Utba ibn Rabi'ah, he was being dragged towards the well. 
is Sun Abu Hudayfa, saw this. So Rasulullah was moved. He was thinking, look, you know, his son seeing his father being dragged to the world, it must be hurting him. So he walked over to Abu Hudayfa and he said, Oh Abu Hudayfa, does this pain you? So Abu Hudayfa said something, subhanAllah, amazing. He goes, no, it doesn't pain me. Because my father was an intelligent man. He didn't use his intelligence. Then the Prophet made a dua for him. So imagine, yourself, put yourself, you obviously can't, but hypothetically, you see your, drag being, your dad being dragged into the well. Would you say those words? Right? So this is Abu Hudayfa. He goes, he didn't use his intelligence. And he saw his uncle as well, and his brother also placed in the well of Badr. So no, there was... They were family members. You know, think about it. You were just burying your blogs from Kentucky, redneck, right? You're burying your family members, knowing that you sent them to hell. So again, this is why the battle is the greatest battle of all time. You know, it'll never be repeated. And it was willed by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And could there be a more disgusting wretch to be killed than Abu Jahl? <laughs> think about that. If somebody goes, Badr, why was it the greatest battle? The fear all of this umbad was killed in that battle. Because, subhanAllah, who's that? Abu Jahl. Subhanallah. And just to add this, Sheikh Abdul Jalil Sahib in his Niqadul Dorari, volume 5, page 71 of the English translation, which is a commentary of Tajarid al Bukhari by Hafiz Zubaydi al Yamani, he relates, Rahmatullahi. The narration of Sa'id ibn Mansur, Fat al Bari, Umdat al Qari states that when the battle ended, Jibreel came to Rasulullah and said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded me to remain with you until you become pleased. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. Subhanallah. Look how beautiful. Jibreel comes after the battle and he's fought in the battle. And he says, I have to remain with you until you are satisfied. And the report says, the Prophet praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was more than happy. So note, Allah Ta'ala's promise was fulfilled on that glorious plane. I and Badr. Subhanallah. Jibreel and Mikail, who were they with on the day of Badr? Alayhi salatu Yes. And? No. Ali. In Imam Ahmad's Musnad Sayyid Hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, with one of you is Jibreel, the other is Mikail. So look at teaching. He's four, he's either with the first sheikh or the fourth sheikh. And now he's come to the Prophet. Are you happy? And of course, the Prophet was very happy. And on top of that, there were 70 prisoners of war. If that wasn't enough, look at the greatness on that day. Allah, he spared some as well, so they become Muslims. So all I mentioned today was the contribution of the great Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. And he put an end to the miserable life of this most wretched and darkest of hearts. Are there any questions? Subhanallah bihamdi ismanika Allahumma bihamdika ashwa la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa tibillahi min shaitan jib subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun assalamu alayla al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal-asr in the sound of the fi khusr ladina amudu wa amudu sulhaq wa asbil haq wa asbil sarwa sallakum wa rahmatullahi